Does truth exist? Because you have faith, does that make this book true? Does God exist? So when someone says there is no truth, if you apply the claim to itself, what should you say? Is that true? They don't think Christianity is true. They're talked out of it. You know why they're talked out of it? Because they've never been talked into it. Cross-examining skeptical and atheistic views. Welcome to Cross-Examine with Dr. Frank Turek. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you say to your boss who wants you to go to some kind of diversity training? Some kind of inclusion, tolerance, and diversity training. Or now it's called JEDI. Have you heard of JEDI? Justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. What do you say? You just, just go? You just give in? I mean, Christians and other people of faith, uh, maybe even Muslims, maybe religious Jews, uh, people who have conscience problems with some of the some of the values being pushed on them by their corporations may have to push back a little bit. And only you know where that line is. I'm reminded of Alexander Solzhenitsyn's line when he left uh, the Soviet Union, was kicked out of the Soviet Union back in the early 70s. Live not by lies. And author Rod Dreher wrote a book called Live Not By Lies. Yet it seems that some of corporate America, and probably most of corporate America, is now trying to force people to live by lies. So what do you do? Well, I think asking questions is better than making statements. Back in 2011, I was fired from two companies that I was doing corporate training for. I was fired from Cisco and Bank of America, because I had written a book called Correct, Not Politically Correct, How Same-Sex Marriage Hurts Everyone. And that book came out originally in 2008. It was not part of anything I did for these companies. I never mentioned the book. It wasn't even in the bio that I gave them. Uh, But someone Googled me and figured out I had written this book, and I was fired that day. In the name of inclusion, tolerance, and diversity. Now, um... I've just updated this book. It's called Correct, Not Politically Correct about same-sex marriage and transgenderism. It came out just last week. So the new section that I've just put in is about transgenderism. Uh, I encourage you to pick up the book. It goes into a lot of the data, not the biblical arguments against these things, but the natural law, scientific, medical evidence, and common sense evidence that same-sex marriage and transgenderism are not good for individuals or for the country. But I digress. In any event, when I was given the opportunity to talk to the head of inclusion, tolerance, and diversity at Cisco, I didn't make a lot of statements. I just asked a bunch of questions. And here are some of the questions that I asked. I didn't ask all of these. But I think some of these questions you might be able to ask. Because I think asking questions is a good way to see where the company's coming from and trying to get them to justify certain policies that they have without you appearing to be intolerant or um, someone who is coming across as, say, the church lady, right? You just want to get clarification. And so you probably want to have these questions written down. Maybe we'll put the questions in uh, in the show notes here. 
And the first question I might I might ask is, can I ask some questions uh, to get some clarification on our company policies? You know, go to the HR director or even your boss. If you have a good relationship with your boss, say, hey, I just have some questions. I, I need some clarification. Can we just sit down privately and talk about this? Sure. Okay, go ahead. I might start by this. I might start by saying, look, I'm not questioning anyone's intentions. I think everyone... Everyone in, everyone's intentions in the company are good with these policies. I'm just concerned that there may be some unforeseen and unintended consequences. So I just have some questions. Um, I noticed that our company values tolerance, as I do. But what, what does the company mean by tolerance? What is the definition of tolerance? And then wait, see what they say. Uh, what is the definition of inclusion? What is the definition of diversity? What does it mean practically? What is the definition of equity? What does that mean? And what is the definition of justice? What does that mean? And just see what they say. In fact, I had a friend who was recently at an event where the CEO got up and said, we're all for Jedi. Justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. And I know nobody would ever do this because they would probably be fired, but they'd have a lawsuit if they were fired. Because if one employee said, sir, um, does your assistant make the same uh, salary that you make? Uh, well, no. Well, I thought equity meant everybody gets the same thing. Is that not true? In fact, justice and equity are opposites, ladies and gentlemen, or at least they're, they're, they, they contradict one another because justice means you get what you deserve. Equity means everyone gets the same. And if you're going to be for justice and equity, you've got a contradiction at the same time. Because in reality, the CEO brings more money in, has more responsibility especially if he's the owner of the company, he's taken more risk to bring the company to where it is. He deserves more money. It's just for him to make more money, but it's not equity. Everybody doesn't get the same. So you're either going to value justice or you're going to value equity, but you can't value both at the same time in the same sense. Also, what does diversity mean? Are we looking for diverse talents? Are we looking for diverse preferences? Are we looking for diverse skin colors? Tell me why. How does this help workplace performance? Another question you might ask is, do we all have to have the same political, religious, or moral beliefs to work here? Do we? Their answer better be no. If the answer is yes, here comes a lawsuit. Now, you're not there to bring a lawsuit, right? You're, you're there to get clarification. You're there to see if maybe by asking the right questions, you can get the company to modify their policies to a more reasonable standard. So, do we all have to have the same political, religious, or moral beliefs to work here? I mean, at, at, we all agree that we ought to treat one another with respect. But that doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. We all agree we ought to be truthful with one another. We all agree that we ought to be polite with one another. 
We all agree we ought not lie to one another. We all agree we ought to tell the truth. We all agree on that. But are you asking us to all agree on certain sexual practices? Are you asking us to agree on certain sexual behaviors? And what, by the way, what does that have to do with workplace productivity? Are we supposed to have sex at work? Now, that, that might be a little, little too much in your face, but <laughs> actually, uh, if you want to know the story of what happened uh, to me back in 2011, you can go to our website, and in the, I, I wrote an article, it's called Sex at Work. Do not Google that, okay? Do not Google Sex at Work. It'll take you to Bill Clinton's website or Harvey Weinstein's website. You've got to go to crossexamine.org and in the search engine, click on, uh, in the search engine, just type in Sex at Work. It'll come out. It'll, it'll, the, the, not Sex at Work will come out. The article will come out. Anyway, <laughs> the article will come out. And I'm digging myself a hole here, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, and it, I, I asked the question, in this article, why is corporate America so obsessed with sex at work? Are we supposed to have sex at work? Why are we talking about this? What does this have to do with workplace productivity? As long as we treat everyone with respect, as long as we agree to tell the truth and not lie and be polite, why do we need to even be talking about sex at work? In fact, here's another question you might ask. Does the company think it's right to force employees to violate their consciences or to ask employees to violate their consciences? I hope they're going to say no. If they say yes, we've got a, we've got a problem here. Now, it's, it's because nobody asks these questions that these policies just continue. And a lot of times, I think people in HR and even from the CEO on down, they're just towing the party line. They just want to get that 100 score from the human rights campaign. They don't want anybody suggesting they're not an inclusive place to work. When in reality, inclusion doesn't mean that anybody can work here. It means only people that agree with these certain sexual behaviors and practices and political beliefs can work here. Unless you hide it from everybody. So, is it right to force employees to violate their consciences? You might also ask, if you want to get specific, if they're really promoting transgenderism, you might say, why does the company think it has the medical expertise to order employees to encourage people to stay in their state of gender dysphoria? I mean, are we doctors here? You could also ask, is the company aware that those with gender dysphoria have a suicide rate 19 times higher than the general public after surgery? Why would we encourage people to go down that road? And why are we talking about sex in the workplace? What does it have to do with workplace productivity? Why is the company seemingly forcing people to take firm positions on controversial political and moral issues? that have little to do with work productivity. Look, sir, ma'am, I treat everyone with respect regardless of any political or moral disagreements we may have. I do not want to try and force people to act in ways contrary to their conscience. And I only ask the same respect in return. In fact, you might start the whole conversation by asking the person 
Do you consider yourself a tolerant person? This, of course, comes from Greg Kokel's book, Tactics. Do you consider yourself a tolerant person? Because if they say yes, you can say great, because if I offer opinion, an opinion that's different than yours, you'll tolerate it then, right? Because you don't tolerate things you agree with, you tolerate things you disagree with. You don't, you don't tolerate, say, Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa never had to ask people to tolerate her. She's helping the poor, right? You know, you tolerate things that you might disagree with. In fact, usually when you're asking for tolerance, in many cases, it's because you might actually be doing something wrong. Again, you don't, you don't, you don't have to tolerate good behavior. You agree with good behavior. The problem is now people think that actually that bad behavior is good behavior. So they ask for tolerance. And then, of course, the questions that Greg always talks about. What do you mean by that? And how would you come to that conclusion? Look, asking questions is easy. Answering questions is hard. So you might take a hit for even asking these questions. They may throw you out of there. You might lose your job, which goes to show you they're not really for inclusion, tolerance, justice, and diversity, are they? If you ask these questions in a calm way and seeking to understand and you still get fired, then you might have a claim with the Alliance Defending Freedom. The Alliance Defending Freedom, for those of you that don't know, is a great group of Christian attorneys. They're out of Phoenix, Arizona, and they often help Christians and even non-Christians. Well, I I assume they help some non-Christians that have religious liberty claims. It has to do with religious liberty. You know, if you're, if you're fired unjustly because of your religion, ADF will come alongside you and pro bono represent you. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, life's going to be easy. You just ask uh, Jack Phillips, the, uh, bank, the baker out there in Colorado, who continually is harassed by the people who say they're fighting for inclusion, tolerance, and diversity. How many times has that guy been sued for saying, I, look, I can't use my artistic talents to bake a cake or to decorate a cake for same-sex marriage or transgenderism? And they, they keep trying to sue him. They, you know, they keep trying to hurt him. And ADF is right alongside him the whole way. So just be ready. Just be ready that if you stand up, you might catch trouble. But it's better to catch some trouble than to live by lies. In fact, Rod Dreher tells in his book, uh, Live Not By Lies, that people in the former Soviet Union, who when the, when the Iron Curtain fell on countries like Czechoslovakia and Yugoslavia, that some people were taken as political prisoners because they disagreed with Soviet politics. In fact, he tells of one story where a man, the father of six, was taken prisoner. And so his wife is home taking care of six kids. And after about two years into his, in, into his prison sentence, uh, the authorities come to him and say, hey, you can, uh, you can go. All you need to do is sign this form that says you renounce your beliefs. And so he wrote his wife and said, this is what they want me to do. I think I should take it. I can come home. And you know what his wife said? No, don't do it. We've come this far. Stand by your principles. 
Stand by the truth. Don't live by lies. I don't know if she said it exactly that way, but that was essentially the message. And Dreher points out that people who decided that they were going to give in, they may have gotten out of prison, but they felt horrible later. We have to live by the truth. And his other advice is this, and this advice works because it worked in the former Soviet Union. Christians now need to get into small groups. You need to get into a small group of people who will support you when you're persecuted. If you're persecuted on your job or you lose your job, because you say, look, I'm sorry, my conscience can't allow me to support behaviors that I know are wrong. I'll treat everyone with respect, even if they're engaging in those behaviors, but don't ask me to celebrate them. You need to get into a group that will support you when you're fired, support you financially until they can find you a new job or you can find a new job to come around you. That's the way people in the Soviet bloc countries survived. The Christians did. So get into small groups now if you're not already in them and make a pledge to one another that we're not going to live by lies. We're going to live by the truth. We're going to be kind in talking about it. We're going to ask a lot of questions and see where this goes. Who knows? Maybe you'll, maybe the, uh, the powers that be will go, you know, you're right. We need to modify some of these policies. They're not as inclusive, tolerant, and diverse as we originally thought. Now, when I asked the questions at Cisco, the lady couldn't answer the questions. When I asked, what does inclusion mean? What does diversity mean? What does tolerance mean? Why am I not being tolerated and excluded for holding a diverse view? She couldn't answer the question because all she had were platitudes. She was living by the party line and never questioned if the party line was actually good, right, and true. It wasn't. It still isn't. So we have to speak the truth, but let's get, let's get people around us to back us up. Look, friends, the only way this is going to change is if people start standing up. And if you stand up, that's going to encourage other people to stand up. So if enough people start doing this, maybe we can start turning the tide back to sensibility in the workplace. We don't have to get everyone to agree with our view of sexuality, but we ought to try and get everybody to agree that we don't have to celebrate somebody else's sexuality. Look, this is, this is a shield. It's not a sword. We're not trying to say to other people that you have to see things my way. We're just saying that we need a shield so you don't try and force me to see things your way. In other words, we'll just agree to disagree. You can use this shield to shield my beliefs from you, and I'll use the shield to shield your beliefs from me because we have a different viewpoint on these moral issues that really have nothing to do with workplace productivity to begin with. So, if you need more help on this, friends, get the brand new book, Correct Not Politically Correct, about same-sex marriage and transgenderism. It, as I say, there's a whole new section in the back here about transgenderism. It gives you the facts so you can answer some questions that are asked of you. When they say, well, who could transgenderism possibly hurt? Or, you know, why do you think it's a bad idea? Or what are the stats regarding the medical uh the medical outcomes of uh, transgenderism, it's all in the book, Correct Not Politically Correct, so check it out. And don't forget that I have some events coming up that uh, you can be a part of. 
Uh, I'm going to be at the Pastors Summit in Nashville, Tennessee later this week. Go to TPUSA Faith uh, to learn more about that. I'll be at Central Church of God in Charlotte, North Carolina every Wednesday night in June, Lord willing. And uh, then on June 10th and 11th, I'll be at Cascade Hills Church in Columbus, Georgia. Check all that out. And uh, I'm going to get to some of your questions. You guys have been sending me questions. I'm sorry I haven't been able to get to all of them, even many of them recently. If you have a question, you want to send it in, we'll try and get it on the program. Just send the question to hello at crossexamined.org. Hello at crossexamined.org. It's been great being with you. Hope to see you soon. God bless.